explain you a thing. My name is Andrew, and this is the podcast where I talk extemporaneously on a subject I know a decent amount about, usually on my drive to work. And today, I will be talking about the 1999 Microsoft uh, PC video game, Age of Empires 2, The Age of Kings. Why am I talking about this? Because people still play it. is, for starters, um, it was a game that I played for many years, uh, it enjoyed a number of re-releases, it's, I, I would almost put it in Skyrim tier of the number of times people have tried to sell the exact same game to diehards and succeeded. So, well, what is it? Let me back up a little bit. I've established its bona fides. Um, Age of Empires 2, The Age of Kings, it is the follow-up, the sequel to Age of Empires, which is a real-time strategy game. Age of Empires, the original, uh, I don't, do not have the year of, of release for that game, but it is a real-time, so real-time strategy, to back up a little further. I started a little bit too in media ray here. Um, so backing up, backing up. Uh, real-time strategy. It's a, a genre of video game, if you're unfamiliar, that deals with civilization management, but unlike games that you might consider to be in that category, like Sid Meier's Civilization, everything is happening in real time, so you're when you play competitively, your actions per minute, um, matter. You know, the speed at which you are able to, uh, cue actions, such as creating military units, researching new technologies, uh, placing new buildings, assigning villagers to gather resources, all of that matters, and not, I mean, that's not the only thing in these, in these games. It is a thing, it's not the only thing, because at the same time you're also trying to consider what, what is the overarching strategy, different, so you, you have your choice of civilizations. If you really want to get spicy, you can load up a game with a random civilization and just, you know, say, great, I'm playing the Goths, I guess I gotta, guess I gotta rush. Um, so, I'm playing the Byzantines, maybe, you know, we're, we're just gonna turtle up and, you know, develop our, our resources and technologies, um, and 
play like kind of a slow, grindy, controlling game. So, in the beginning, uh, for any game of, of Age of Empires 2, any uh, random map game that you might play against computer players or other humans, you are, are given three villagers, a scout cavalryman, um, so just like a guy on a horse, very weak, but is able to uh, explore your area, has a large line of sight to clear away some of the, the fog of war. And you get a town center, and the town center is capable of producing more villagers. Your villagers that you start with are crucial. You also get a, a stockpile of some initial resources. You get food. The, the resources in Age of Empires 2 are food, gold, wood, and stone. Um, there are kind of some other, like, you know, other elements of the game that you can think of as resources, like, uh, you know, your, your military units, your population cap, like, these are, these are resources of a different type, but the four resources that you can task a villager to gather, um, or trade for, that I'll get into that, um, are food, gold, wood, and stone. And to begin with, uh, you can create villagers with food. It costs 50 food per, per villager. So first thing you probably want to do in most games is send a scout around to, you know, gather uh, uh, sheep. Sheep are not assigned to any player's team, but once you cross their line of sight, once you, like, see a sheep and no other player is also seeing a sheep with their scout cavalry or another unit, you gain control of that sheep. So at that point, you can then task it towards your, your town center to be for a villager to, uh, you know, slaughter it, start collecting food from it. Um, there's also uh, forage bushes, which are just stag it, uh, static, stagnant, what was I trying to say? Uh, just static bushes that uh, you can send villagers to gather from, and obviously you can't, like, move those. Um, and then uh, there's also deer and wild boar uh, that show up. That's, that's kind of the main food resources in the early game. In the late game, you move into agriculture and you start building farms. Um, but yeah, so you start by gathering food resources from mostly animals and, and some berry bushes, foraging. Um, you're doing the hunter-gatherer life in the Dark Age. Uh, once you have a stockpile of some food resources, or even really before, like, I usually start a game queuing up as many villagers as my initial food resource permits to a very noisy truck. Um, yeah, like, so basically, one way to think about Age of Empires is, in most real-time strategy games, is you're trying to do things, you're trying to keep things moving, you're trying to build an engine. Like, the more villagers you have, the faster you can gather resources, and the villagers you only... 
Like you don't need to pay any upkeep on them. They don't cost food to maintain over the course of the game, uh, which is different from other games. Like for example, Civ, like most units and buildings have some kind of upkeep cost usually in gold. Um, and you have to kind of balance like, do I want more units to have more military capability or more uh, construction capability, or does it just make sense to, like, would I prefer to just gather, or would I, would, is it more important for me to have gold as a resource than to kind of tax my gold to do other things, um, draw on my gold stockpile to do other things. But in Age of Empires, you don't have that consideration. It's just a one-time purchase price for each unit. So, like, you know, say you start with 500 food, I think. No, that's, that's a little high. You can, when you're setting up a game, you can kind of tune the amount of, not exactly, but you can say, like, how many resources is every player going to start with? Like, low, medium, high? Um, so it'll depend on what you're able to do right off the bat, or it'll it'll impact what you're able to do once you load into the game. Um, but for the most part, yeah, say you start with like a few hundred food. I'm just gonna queue up as many villagers as you can. Thing is, really quick, you're gonna hit a population cap to uh, increase your population cap, which is the limit of uh, units of any type, military, you know, villagers, whatever, um, to increase the number of units you can have of any type, uh, you have to build houses, principally. There are other buildings that, there are other buildings that increase your population as well. Town centers, uh, increase it by, I want to say 15, and castles by 20. So those have a fairly large impact, on um, your population, but you can't build those yet. And they are more resource intensive to build. Like when you have the ability to, it's great, but starting out, that's not happening. So you, you queue up some villagers, you start building some houses. Houses draw on your wood stockpile, which you have some to start with, but if you're gonna keep making villagers and keep you know, building houses to support them. Uh, oh, and I should mention, I, I think I said town centers increase your population by 15, castles by 20, houses only do five each, but they are very cheap and, and easy to, to build, quick to, to build by a villager. So what I usually start doing is I have some villagers go find some berry bushes or my scout bring in some, some sheep or I find some deer or a wild boar. Wild boar are kind of tricky because they attack you. Like deer go down in a couple arrows, um, a couple a couple hits from your villagers, and they don't fight back. They do flee. So, and this is the other thing. Whenever you like a villager spends some time at the carcass, like gathering food, or at the berry bushes, like you know gathering food, you can click on the unit and see how many, you know, how many units of, that's a, eh, I won't say units, how, how much food numerically the villager is carrying. There's a carry capacity for all villagers, and I think it's usually 10 to 
start with. Um, so once you hit that carry capacity, the villager has to go back to some kind of stockpile building and drop it off. So usually, like in the early game, that's just the town center, but you can also build a mill in the dark, starting in the Dark Age, and that is uh, an outbuilding that you can drop food off at, which is very nice. Um, you drop food off at, at the mill, and you don't have to make as long a trip uh, trip back to the town center, which is great if your forage bushes are a little farther out. I usually build a mill, like, uh, contiguous with the berry bushes, um, so that way, that way you've got, um, like, another drop point. And the nice thing is you don't need to get too micromanagey about, like, where your food is. Like, you can imagine in a real-world setting, you're dropping food off someplace. It's now at that place. And there are other considerations, like, you know, how well-built, how protective is that, that location, that granary, that mill, whatever. Like, are you... Like, is it safe from you know, uh, from pests, from rats and insects, for example? Is it, uh, safe from other humans, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and now you've got food there, what if it's needed across town? Like, are you, you gotta move it, right? There are no considerations like that in Age of Kings. Um, once you drop food off at any gather point, it's, it's then part of your civilization stockpile. So wherever you gather it, you now have access to it at any other building. It's, you don't have to think about it. So that's great. Um, so you, you, you gather food, you build a mill, you build some houses. You probably at some point, and depending on how fast your civilization wants to move, like there are some that are very aggressive and are capable of creating a significant threat to other civilizations um, as early as the Dark Age, which is the, the starting age by default. You can also, if you really want, you can like create a game where you're, you're starting in the Imperial Age, which is the final age of the game, and you have more, many more technologies already researched and more things that you can do from the very beginning. Um, I think usually starting in the Imperial Age, you get more say you get more, like, starting buildings, too. Maybe not. I can't. I, I usually don't do that. It's kind of a weird way to play, in my opinion. Anyway, um, so yeah, Dark Age, you, you know, like I, I mentioned the Goths earlier, um, and the, the Goths are based on the historic Goths, the, the Visigoths of, who, who dwelled in medieval Spain. Um, part of Spanish history a lot of people are not familiar with, uh, Gothic Spain. And then there's also the Ostrogoths, which I believe settled more in, like, northern Italy and, like, Croatia kind of area, maybe. Um, so yeah, you got the West Goths and the East Goths. They kind of originated People, people have theorized that the Goths originated on the island of Gotland, which is 
now part of Sweden. So they came from further north, but they were part of that, you know, uh, migration pattern of people from northern and eastern Europe, like, into southern and western Europe during the late Roman era, uh, the late, uh, Roman imperial era. Um, so, anyway, the Goths are more effective, uh, not more effective than later, in later eras, but they are They are capable of posing a significant threat to other civilizations as early as the Dark Era, Dark Ages. Um, and how do you do that? You have to build a barracks. A barracks is your, your starter military building. It lets you create militia, which are very weak military units. They are have base, barely more HP and attack than, than villagers do. Uh, but they can be upgraded. Each era successively lets you upgrade to a different, you know, tier, a different level of unit. So you've got the militia, and then the man-at-arms, and then the longswordsmen, and then, uh, and that's from Dark Age to Feudal Age to Castle Age. And then Imperial Age, there's two upgrades. You go to two-handed swordsmen, and if your civilization is capable, I think every civilization can go up to two-handed swordsmen. Um, a number of them can go beyond that to champion, which is a very powerful uh, uh, melee unit. So, like, the, to, to kind of, like, move into, you know, the military sort of scene in the game, you got... And I, I guess I mentioned the, the ages, the four ages, Dark Age, Feudal Age, Castle Age, and um, Imperial Age. Dark Age, you're just getting started. You're mostly building villagers. There are civilizations capable of rushing, but that's a little weird. And how do, they, how do you do that? You, you basically create a bunch of militia. You go swarm. Um, you put all of your resources into creating militia which is risky, because if you lose that, that's a huge investment of food and some gold. And the fact that you have to be mining gold when a lot of people don't really care about gold um, and are more concentrated on food and lumber is like can put you at a disadvantage. So anyway, um, you, you got your uh, militia, you go attack the enemy's town center and villagers. They likely do not have really any, if much, if any, um, defense at this point for their civilization. Uh, you can kill some villagers, which really hampers their economy. Um, if you're successful, you can knock out their town center and, like, wipe them out. Uh, if a civilization does not have a, any villagers or a town center, they are, uh, the game is like, yep, you dead gone. Um, because if they don't have those resources to be able to create more, then you're just sitting ducks. So the, the game, you resign, basically. Um, so that's one way of, of uh, generating an early uh, lead. And it's, it's risky, again, because you're putting a lot of resources into attacking one player. You can heal your units doing so means, like, putting, 
garrisoning them in your town center, and it takes some time for them to, their HP to increase back up. So, if time is of the essence in this game, um, you know, some people really race towards... So another thing is, you... I mentioned the ages. So, Dark Age, mostly about, like, gathering resources, building a starter economy. Feudal Age, you unlock farms, which is, you know, after you've exhausted some of the, like, sheep and deer and boar and uh, forage bushes in your area, um, you can start building for, uh, forms, farms, which are... Uh, a renewable source of food. You can keep replanting them. It takes wood to do that. So at some point, you've got to start gathering a lot more wood so you can turn wood into food. Wood plus time plus villagers equals food. Um, and then, of course, you need more wood to make more to make more houses to make more villagers. Um, in the feudal era, you can start... I mentioned I would get into military buildings. You can start building the stable and the archery range. So the barracks produces melee units. Part of that, you know, militia to champion line that I mentioned. You can also, starting in the feudal age, produce spearmen, um, which are melee units that are generally kind of weak. Uh, people refer to them as trash units because they basically are just there to, like you know, interfere. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're basically just there to interfere. Um, but spearmen have an advantage against cavalry, so there is a tactical use for them. Uh, the the militia, men-at-arms, long-swordsmen, two-handed swordsmen, champion line, they're mostly, they're just, like, good. They're solid. They don't have any particular, like, uh, anti-unit capabilities. They're just good against buildings, uh, knocking down buildings, and they're good against um, other units decently well. Um, they're kind of the baseline. And then the spearmen are, like, kind of bad, but they're really strong against cavalry. They can, like... Uh, and, you know, it, it depends on how upgraded the units in question are, but if you have a, a handful of spearmen, they're going to take down a handful of cavalry uh you know, a couple, a few cavalry pretty easily. Um, so you can do spearmen. Uh, by castle age, you can upgrade those to pikemen, which are stronger, have more HP, higher attack, better armor. And uh, some civilizations uh, in the imperial age can upgrade their pikemen to halberdiers, which are very powerful. Uh, against cavalry. They can mow cavalry down like nothing. And the other thing about melee units is they are, you know, guys that are walking. Like, they, you know... And you can arrange your your units once you have enough into formations, but they, they are slower, right? Uh, the other main military building for the feudal age is... Oh, that was the barracks. So the other military building, one of the two that you unlock in the Feudal Age is the archery range. Starting in the Feudal Age, you can just make archers. And they're just like ranged units, basic ranged units. And I want to say you can also do skirmishers, which are anti-archer ranged units. <laughs> so, so skirmishers are also really trash. I almost never bother with them because they're only good against archers. Um... 
but unlike Spearman to Halberdiers, that line where one one Spearman is not good against one knight. Um, like, they have an advantage, but they're still kind of a trash unit. Um, one Spearman is not good against one knight, but one Skirmisher versus one Archer, archer the Skirmisher is going to win. Um, of equivalent level of upgrade. Uh, the Skirmisher will win that fight. The other thing about uh, skirmish, So, Archers, I think, cost food and wood. Skirmishers cost... No, those skirmishers are food and wood. Archers are wood and gold. Um, so you start getting into units that, that cost different. Uh, militia, I should mention. I don't think they're just food. I want to say they're gold, too. Um, but, like, the trash units I, I mentioned, the skirmishers and the uh, pikemen, or spearmen, at their base level, those are... They're trash units because, I mean, for one, they're not good against many units. For another, they don't require a lot of resources, so they're very cheap to produce. You can just kind of spam them, and they'll cause problems for an, an, uh, an invading army. Um, let's see. So, also, when you advance ages, you do not automatically unlock, like you go to, to Castle Age, your spearmen don't automatically become pikemen. You've got to then research pikemen. But going to the next age enables you to research them, if you so choose. Um, so researching a new age, this is another thing. Like, when you go from Dark Age to Feudal Age, you want to make sure that you have a, a good number of... Uh, uh, villagers to be getting on with because when you research you research ages at the town center and while you're researching things you can't be producing other units and the research takes like a few minutes so that's a few minutes that you are your engine getting back to that idea your engine is not producing more is not accelerating right like it's it's stuck at that one gear basically um, which is still good, like, you're still producing stuff, you're still growing, but you're not accelerating your growth, right? Um, that's kind of a, a key concept. Like, when you're, you know, you're talking about, like, at a barracks, and you want to upgrade, you're in the castle age, you want to upgrade your men-at-arms to longswordsmen. Yeah, you're not producing more, you know, melee units. You're not you're not producing more melee units, but that's not impacting your economy, right? Um, you're just, you're not accelerating your growth of military, but, you know, and this is why, like, you eventually want to start building more than one, like, barracks and stuff like that, because you can do research at one, upgrade your units, and the, the upgrades are not just turning them into a different class of, of unit um, with better HP, armor, attack, or whatever. There are other things, like there's a, a powerful uh, technology at the archery range called Thumb Ring, which makes it so that your ranged units do not miss. So that's pretty good, because there is, like with any ballistic attack, 
Um, there is some possibility if the enemy unit is in movement that your unit will miss its attack. And you make a regular, like, number of attacks. You can't accelerate that. It's just like arrow, arrow, arrow um, from your archers. But with thumb ring, you're going to make sure that more of them, that all of them find their mark, which is great. Um, so powerful upgrades like that. Some are a little bit not as powerful, but are also cheap or faster to research. Um, so, you know, different benefits like that. Um, so there's also the stable, which in the, the feudal age, when you're first able to build it, only can make scout cavalry, which is good to, like, research, like, not research, explore the map, figure out where your enemies are. That's fine. Uh, that has its purpose. But scout cavalry are, like, pretty shitty. They do not attack well. Um, they, they're just there to explore, really. And you can upgrade them to light cavalry and then maybe to hussars. Hussars are... I mean, that line is fine. Like, they're, they're fast. They have good pierce armor so that they do not take as much damage from arrows. You got uh, melee armor and pierce armor. Um, so some units are are very uh, vulnerable to a certain kind of attack. So like, uh, for example, Huskarls are the unique units of the gods. I guess I just keep using gods as the example of the day. But uh, Huskarls have a very high pierce armor. So as melee units go, usually the kind of like rock, paper, scissors situation is uh, ranged units are good against melee units because, you know, they're the same speed, but ranged units can just hit from afar. Um, whereas uh, cavalry units are good against ranged units because they can close that distance faster. Um, and a lot of ranged units tend to have lower HP and lower uh, melee armor. There's a it's not called melee armor, I'm forgetting the name. Um, a lower, like, up-close attack armor. Um, and I guess the third portion of that rock, paper, scissors is melee units have an advantage against cavalry, kind of. It's not really that simple, because it's only, like, pikemen that have an ex advantage against cavalry. Um, and that line, but... Uh, cavalry are, are also really expensive. Like, they cost a lot of food and gold. And your basic... So, apart from the scout cavalry line, you've also got the knight in that line. Knights can be upgraded. So, castle age, you only get knights. Um, by the imperial age, you can upgrade to cavalier, which are stronger, have higher armor, you know, higher HP, all that. All the good stuff. Um, some civilizations get the ability to upgrade to Paladin, which is, man, an army of Paladins is a force. They are strong against buildings. They're basically like, uh, like champions, but mounted. They're strong against buildings. They're, they've got good armor. Uh, they can, like, take down ranged units pretty easily. Uh, they hit hard. They hit fast. 
they're really expensive. Not every civilization can make them either. Um, and there's other, there's other units, so like, there's kind of a few main groups of civilizations. You've got the Western European civilizations, those are the Franks, which are characterized by being good at, I don't know, what's their deal exactly? Uh, castles and cavalry, really. Um, they get some really tight paladins. Uh, the Britons have really good archers. Um, you've got the Spanish. So, Age of Empires 2 came out in 99. The following year, in 2000, they uh, released Age of Empires 2, Age of Kings, uh, the uh, the Conquerors expansion. Um, the Conquerors added a number of civilizations, added some new units, like, uh, halberdiers and hussars were introduced, and just to kind of, like, improve the scout cavalry and spearmen lines, which made sense. Kind of rebalance some stuff. I will say, like, I've talked about, uh, com playing competitively. Um, for a long time, even when the game, like, playing games online was with people were, was not really a thing, like, in the early to mid-2000s, you had LAN parties. That was kind of, you know, your option. Um, but services were created specifically to allow people to play online, to play these games online. Um, pretty wild. And Age of, uh, Age of Kings is famous for its game balance. Um, like, every, there's no civilization that's, like, you can't really, like, rank them into tiers. There are a lot of high-tier civilizations, uh, if you did. Um, it just, like, there's a lot of viable strategies. Um, there's a lot of, like, diversity of gameplay and game experiences you can have. Um, so, I mentioned some re-releases. The, the Conquerors was the only version you had until, like, 2012, and then they released Age of Empires 2 HD Edition on Steam. Um, that had a better, like, a built-in matchmaking client. Um, and there were, I think, some graphical updates, some kind of small stuff. Uh, and then we had... Oh, God, I, I can't remember the official name of it, but... Sometime later, like 2015 or 16, they came out with another re-release uh, that fixed a lot of stuff again, and they started adding new civilizations. Um, so, you know, there was, uh, for example, an expansion that was part of that game uh, that added back, like, the Romans and stuff like that, and one for African kingdoms. So you had African civilizations that kind of weren't really part of the base game. Um, so yeah, you Western Europe, you've got uh, Franks, Britons, Celts, which have great uh, infantry, fast infantry. Um, and the Spanish, which were added in the Conquerors. Spanish have great gunpowder units and monks. Uh, I didn't mention monks, so you can create monks at the monastery starting in the Castle Age. They're able to convert units, so you can bring units over to your side 
which is great if you include some monks in an army. Um, you can, like, start converting units, and, like, that flips the balance of things by taking away a unit. Like, it's basically like killing a unit and simultaneously creating a unit on your side. It's very good. Um, Gunpowder units for civilizations that get access to them can start in as early as Castle Age. Spanish, the Turks, get great gunpowder units. Um, The Koreans. So, yeah, that's Western... Uh, European civilizations. The Eastern and Northern European civilizations are the Goths, uh, great infantry, fast, do not get walls. The, the only walls they get are palisade walls, which are wooden and kind of more of a hindrance than a real uh, wall. Um, there's also the Vikings, great infantry, and it's a great naval civilization. You can, uh, I believe as early as the Dark Age, build a dock, although the only thing you can create that early is a fishing boat. As time goes on with a dock, with any civilization, you can build transport ships. There's like fire ships, which are basically melee ships. Um, There's demolition ships, which like uh, pilot themselves into enemies. You can pilot them into enemy ships and explode, um, which is great against transport ships. (laughs) You know, so, like, with everything that they have, there's also, like, kind of counter units, which is really neat. Um, And then, of course, there's a variety of, like, ships that have ranged attacks, either by, uh, like, bombard ships use cannonballs, or there's other kind of stuff. Um, Galleons can can shoot, like, uh, scorpion bolts. Uh, And then you've got siege workshops, which you can build starting in the Castle Age. And siege units are great at tight formations of units and also at attacking walls and fortifications like castles and buildings. Um, Siege units are really, really neat. Um, Yeah, so... Let's see. Um... I think I'm going to leave it there because I'm close to 40 minutes. I think I'm going to continue this later. So I got as far as... I'll just round out the Eastern and Northern European civs and then call it. Um, but so other other civs in that grouping, we've got the, the Goths, the Vikings, the Huns, which were added in the Conquerors. They are brutal. The Huns don't need houses. They're... Uh, <laughs> Um, their population cap is maxed out from the beginning of the game, which is really neat. Um, they have a really brutal, unique unit called the, uh, the Tarkin. Uh, Tarkins are, um, strong against buildings, specifically. They tear down buildings. So the Huns a great cavalry civilization, very aggressive, um, good early game. Uh, the, what else in the Eastern? Teutons. Um, the Teutons are very defensive. They get good castles, good walls, powerful monks, um, and a unique unit that is really slow, but has really high armor for infantry. 
um, the Teutonic Knight. Those things are are also kind of a menace, but they're slow, so you gotta. They take time to to do their thing. Um. Anyway, so that rounds out the Eastern and Northern European sieves. I'm gonna pause this, come back another time, because clearly I have a lot more to say. Have a great day. Glad you found this spot. Until next time, friends. Take care.